<clears throat> okay. All right. You're listening to the Curious City Podcast from WBEZ Chicago. Hey everybody, Jennifer here with the latest Curious City podcast. As you probably know by now, each episode will bring you an answer to a question that was asked by someone outside of WBEZ, aka someone in the community. And that person could be you. You can ask your questions at curiouscity.wbez.org. Some of the questions you've been asking are pretty big in scope, like this one from John. Wow, so many kids running the street and not in school today. And some other questions are a little easier to tackle, like this one from Jamie. I've always wondered what is the difference between um, like the different types of corn varieties. Now, the big questions can require a whole conversation to unpack. And other times we'll get questions that are pretty straightforward and easy-ish to answer. So today we have answers to a few of those mini questions for you. Here's a segment that aired recently on the afternoon shift with host Rick Kogan that answers three questions. Enjoy. Welcome back to the Afternoon Shift with me, Rick Kogan. We move to the one and only Curious City, one of my favorite things on all radio, not even this show, on all radio I have ever heard for my entire life. I'm Rick Kogan, and I'm welcoming Jennifer Brandel, the senior producer of Curious City, and Anthony Martinez, WBZ producer, reporter. This week's is really, it's not the kind of normal thing that we've, that we've been doing as long as I've been here, is it, Jen? Yeah, no, we're doing a little bit of a hodgepodge this week. The first one, if we want to just jump right sure. into it. We had two people who asked about decorations downtown. Now, you probably notice, like, this time of year, you start seeing Christmas lights and all sorts of, like, oh, holiday yeah. crap everywhere. Well, I live and work on Michigan Avenue. Yeah, yeah exactly. I can't, it's hard for me to ignore. Yeah, you can't escape it. But what you also probably notice, then, is that they change out the plants and the flowers from mm-hmm. time to time, not just during the holidays, but a few times a year. Chesney Floyd from Logan Square asked us, how much money does the city spend on flowers and plants annually? And then Emily Tremel from Downers Grove wanted to know what happens to all the plant material once they change it out. So we got a very straightforward answer for this from uh, spokesman Peter Scales, who's the director of public affairs with the city of Chicago. The city of Chicago spends about $4.5 million on uh, ornamental flowers and plants in medians uh, in streets across the city. Changes are typically made at the end of each season. Just did a switchover a few weeks ago. The old plant material is recycled into compost. Um, The exception, I guess, is for flower bulbs, which are part of the citywide bulb giveaway every spring that we do with the Park District and the Garfield Park Conservatory. One of the most amazing things about that is getting a straightforward answer, know, a concise right? answer for someone in the city bureaucracy. <laughs> uh, wow. Uh, what's the next one, Anthony? You took care of the, you, you did, you handled this next one, didn't you? Yeah, Jen handed me a question that had to do with sidewalks here in Chicago. And I don't well, know, Rick, you probably know yeah, a lot about just, this. Here's a book called Sidewalks. <laughs> That's all there is one to it. Yeah. She should have asked you, but she, she asked me instead. Um, I wouldn't have known this. I wouldn't have known this. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was really fascinating. So Rosemary Crook uh, lived in Evanston, and she wanted to know what the oldest 
uh, existing sidewalk in Chicago was and, and where it was at. Great question. Yeah. Totally. Great question. And it came to her while she was, you know, out walking with her husband. She was starting to notice that some sidewalks have these little plaques or stamps sure, with a date. You, right. And sure. Sure. Well, the date is actually the year the sidewalk was poured and the name is the contractor who did it. Uh, which is great because some of these go well back into the, the early 1900s. Um, and so we thought, okay, fine, we'll just, you know, find the oldest date that we can out there in the city. Turns out, once we started talking to some historians, that there are sidewalks that predate these concrete sidewalks. They're made of stone. They're just stone slabs that are placed in the ground. Um, and there's only a few left in the whole wide city. We, we talked to Tim Samuelson, who's uh, a cultural The great, historian. the great oh, Tim yeah. Samuelson, the... Uh, cultural historian for the city of Chicago, yeah. which I think everyone needs something like that. Tim is, I'll tell you an interesting story about Tim. Tim has been hooked on Chicago history since he was 13 years old, and one of the stories he tells that just warms my heart is taking the bus in from Rogers Park because he found a book that my father had written about oh, Chicago wow. history, and he went up to the Sun-Times offices on the fourth floor and knocked on the door, and my father sat with him for five hours. And Tim thinks that was one of the things that really inspired him. Really? And I'm thinking, God, my father was a good guy. I knew <laughs> that on some level, but he was could be a brusque kind of newspaper man. So Tim Samuelson is one of the dearest people wow. in this town. You know him too, Jim. Yeah, he's yeah. Just, he's a treasure. Yeah, he's a friend of Curious City for sure. And uh, we talked and talked and talked, and um, we finally sort of got down to the bottom of this. And it turns out in, in Hyde Park and uh, Edgewater, you can still sort of track some of these down. Um, but again, because there's no date, you can only really know based on sort of what year the area around it was developed. Interesting. Interesting. So we did some more research, and we found out that the Edgewater Historical Society uh, has a great article on their website about sidewalks in Edgewater. Um, they, they put the dates to them, late 1800s. And so we met with Bob Reamer, who's the president there. Yeah, I know Bob. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and Rosemary, and we went up to Bob's neighborhood, and we took a look at some of these sidewalks. This is a wonderful neighborhood to live in because of all the history. Talking about history, the sidewalk we're standing on, which is a slate, limestone uh, kind of sidewalk, uh, was here when they developed this area in the late 1880s, about 1889. And so these sidewalks are probably the oldest, if not one of the oldest sidewalks in the city of Chicago. Cool. That's that that's what I was looking for. I had no idea it would turn out to be a slate sidewalk. <laughs> Yeah, so that was, was the that voice. was at the end? Is that, that was Rosemary. Oh, uh, she she asked the question, and she was super excited uh, to hear don't the answer. Don't you find, before we get to the last one of these questions, don't the two of you find uh, Jen Brandell and Anthony Martinez that it, it's enlivening to meet people who are so curious about the place in which they live? Definitely. It gets yeah. me so excited. Every time someone asks a question, let alone when we get to meet them and go report with them, it just makes the city feel more real. Everywhere I go, I feel like I know more about the city and appreciate more. And it just, I don't know, it enriches everything. Anthony, for you too? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, for instance, when we met Rosemary, you know, her husband came with her and we talked and talked and talked with Bob for nearly an hour. You know, it well, only her, took us a few minutes to get her the Her excitement is absolutely palpable right. in that little clip. Okay, final one for okay, today, final Curious one. City. Um, so Kathy Herwig from Edgewater, no relation to the last story, um, she wondered why ketchup is strictly forbidden on Chicago hot dogs, which is a great mystery. And Rick, 
I'm guessing you might already know the answer to this, or maybe you have a hot dog story to tell. No, I have something. I have a little <laughs> thing to read to you from Mike Royko, who wrote about this uh, more than once. Oh, wow. But, but go ahead. Let's continue okay, we'll on. Okay, let's see if uh, we can corroborate with Mike Royko. Um, our reporter, Quinn Ford, talked to the vice president of, of Vienna Beef here in Chicago. His name is Bob Schwartz, and he wrote a he book. He wrote that book. Yeah, yeah, yeah Never yeah, yeah. Put Ketchup on a Hot Dog. And ironically enough, he doesn't have a definitive answer <laughs> for why you should never put ketchup on a hot dog. He says Actually, nobody knows for sure. But an explanation that he's heard from a lot of folks is that the vendors who used to sell the hot dogs back in the Depression era thought that ketchup was too overpowering of a flavor. And here's Bob with a little bit more on that. When you go to Gibson's for a steak, you don't put steak sauce on that. You want to taste that steak. And when you come to Herm's or Poochie's or any of those other famous places and you want your hot dog, you want to be able to taste the hot dog and the bun together, and and the ketchup doesn't doesn't cut it. Here then, uh, <laughs> Jen Brandell and Anthony Martinez is Mike Royko from 1995. No, I won't condemn anyone for putting ketchup on a hot dog. This is the land of the free, and if someone wants to put ketchup on a hot dog and actually eat the awful thing. <laughs> That is their right. It is also their right to put mayo or chocolate syrup on toenail clippings or cat hair on a hot dog. Sure, it would be disgusting and perverted, and they would be shaming themselves and their loved ones. But under our system of government, it's their right to be barbarians. <laughs> All right, that's my favorite guess so far. You know, it's so funny about how many people have such a gut reaction oh, to this. Man. Like, it's wrong, it's wrong, and yeah. then why? And no one can really say. I mean, the funny thing is about the explanation that it's too overpowering a taste. How do you explain relish and sport peppers? Those are pretty powerful. No kidding. You no know? kidding. Yeah, we got a lot of really funny answers at our trivia bowl with people saying similar things to Mike Royko, not as poetically, I must say. Um, <laughs> how do people contact? I know we do this every week, but we may have new listeners. How do people contact Curious City with a question? Yeah, definitely. You can go to curiouscity.wbez.org. Now, the site looks a little bit different from WBEZ. Easy's webpage, so don't be confused, but they're, they are connected. And on there, you can ask a question, and it'll show up in our archive. We'll get pinged. We'll see that it's there, and you know, we'll let them know if we can get in touch and answer their question and for them. And you send Anthony Martinez and others you send out to, to do the research and get the scoop. There must be, I don't know what else you report on here, uh, Anthony, but this must be like the, oh, man, thank God yeah. Curious City <laughs> wants to use me. You it's know a what lot I mean? Of, it's a yeah. lot of fun. Sure. I'll bet it. And you learn so much about the city. I just, I, it's, it's just a, it's a brilliant idea, whoever came up with this oh, idea. Well, thank, I'll, that, I'll that take was, the credit. That was Jen. <laughs> was it? It's, oh, yeah. It's a wonderful idea, and it's just got this life uh you know, I'm still, and Jen and I talked about somehow doing a book or some kind of oh, real yeah. substantial thing with this because it just sky's the limit. Wonderful. And someone had a really great idea too at the at the trivia bowl of doing a scavenger hunt, you know, oh. uh, event. So we might be doing that in 2013 as well. And one other thing I should mention is that sometimes, you know, the collective brain power at WBEZ is pretty huge. Yeah. But it's not as big as the collective brain power of all of our listeners. Oh no, much I think we this know. is this is a collaborative effort here. Yeah. I mean, the listeners I've been taking calls the last few days. They're really smart. Oh yeah. Yeah, and, we, and they're also, you know what, they're also curious. Totally. And we, we actually have one question that we're looking to hopefully plumb the minds of all the listeners to get an answer to. So we, we had this question from Brenda Guzman, who won a voting round. She wanted to know what's one thing you can get in Chicago that you cannot get anywhere else. So we're looking for stuff um, 
from you guys to give some suggestions for us and things that we can verify. So, you know, deep dish pizza and popcorn that we have here, it can be shipped to Indiana, let's say, or overseas. So those aren't going to count. Well, except Billy Goat has a place at O'Hare, and I don't know if that counts. That you doesn't count. Can't. Yeah, yeah. O'Hare yeah. doesn't count. Well, let's see. see, that's a yeah, that's an interesting one. We, you cannot get it. Oh no, they have one in Park Ridge. Now. There's okay. one in the suburbs. Yeah, that's a good one, ladies and gentlemen. What can you get in Chicago and nowhere else on the planet? And, uh, you know. Yeah, you can go to our website. If you just go to wbez.org slash Curious City, you'll see a, a web posting with a rainbow cone on there. That's and, a uh, very, very yeah, good one. You should add your thoughts and comments. Jen Brandell and Anthony Martinez, thank you. So if you're a listener of the Curious City podcast, you know we're kind of all over the place with some of the stories we tell you. Sometimes they're on the air as a feature story like you'd hear on Morning Edition or All Things Considered. Other times they're these conversations or debriefs, as we call them in the business, on this show called The Afternoon Shift. So that was just from an Afternoon Shift episode. And we're on every week, every Wednesday, right around 3 o'clock in the afternoon. So you can tune in and hear us live, too, as well as on this podcast. And to see videos from all three of those questions we just discussed, you can head to wbez.org slash Curious City. Here's what some locals have been wondering about lately. When you're on the highway and you're paying the tolls, is that only for construction? Or was that used to pay the, the country's debts? Or what is that used for? Why they keep the loop clean, cleaner than the north side or the south side or west side, whatever, you know? In our next episode, you will hear from all of the Curious City team, Sean Ali and Logan Jaffe and myself. This is our once-monthly kind of motherload podcast with a few different stories all wrapped up in a bow. All right, well, that's it for this week's Curious City podcast. Thanks for listening. Thanks to Adam Pindle for producing the podcast, Sean Ali for our editing, and Logan Jaffe for our interning. You can subscribe on iTunes and read us if you're feeling charitable. And... Hey, if you wonder about things, do not change. Curious City is produced by Jennifer Brandel, WBEZ, Ziga, and AIR, the Association of Independence in Radio. Lead financial support comes from the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. Mm-hmm.